Good evening, everyone. So glad to see your smiling faces out again at the Word of Knowledge Bible College Revival. And we just want to open with a quick word of prayer and invite the Holy Spirit's presence this evening. Dear Lord, we ask and pray that your Holy Spirit is here with us again along with your heavenly angels. Lord, bless us to hear a word from on high. Be with us and allow your spirit to infuse each and every one of us as we praise and worship your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, got to ask any first-time visitors? First-time visitor? Anybody else? Okay, Brenda, we got a special gift for our first-time visitor. This is special. So if you wouldn't mind. Any other first-time visitors? Too late. <laughs> All right, so how many of you enjoyed Wednesday night's sermon? Amen, the pastor did a wonderful job, and he's ready for part two tonight. Does anybody know what the subject was Wednesday night? What was it? Six thousand year old remedy for tension. Anybody know what it was or is? Huh? The Sabbath rest, amen. We're going to do something different tonight, so we're going to have a verbal pop quiz. So if you know the answer, you just go ahead and shout it out. We're not going to get mad at you for shouting at church, okay? So let me ask this question. How many days did it take God to create the world and all that in them is? Okay, everybody knows that, huh? What three things did he do on the seventh day? What? Rested, blessed it, sanctified. All right, we got a few people that paid attention, right? Okay, good, good. Now, here's another question for you. Where the Bible says, who was the creative power in the creation? Was it... And it says, uh, let me make sure I get this right, because I know some of y'all Bible scholars will be getting on me. Who was the creative power in creation? Jesus. Right. Remember, we went over that scripture also. Someone give me a reason. Give me four reasons why we should keep God's holy Sabbath. Just shout it out. Commanded it. His sign, he sanctified any other things? Anybody? Relationship with God? And rest, right. Rest, okay, we don't want to forget that. So I can tell that y'all really, really did a good job studying. So give yourselves a hand for that. And we also have some additional information for you this evening. Like I said, the pastor's doing uh, part two of that remedy. For some new or for some different information, we're going to call up Sister Lynette. She's going to give us some health information. Good morning. Well, good evening. <laughs> I've been going since this morning. <laughs> And it's only because of my health. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I started a little journey a couple of months ago. Um, first, we're going to take it back to July 23rd. I turned 55. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, after that, I guess it was about October, maybe end of September, October. Um, you guys remember Rose um, did the health nugget the first night, Sunday night, and she was telling you all different kinds of things. Well, she has taken on being my trainer, and she is something else. <laughs> but she was, what I did, I, um, my carb intake, I started watching that really too much. <laughs> but I lost 10, I lost a total of 11 pounds. <laughs> Got to do a little praise dance. <laughs> However, keeping it real, the Lord blessed me to be able to work um, additional hours over in the emergency room at Northwest Healthcare. So the last um, month and a half or so, my workouts have suffered. <laughs> Hence, some of that weight came back. But, however, to Monday is my last day of doing that, and uh, we're going to be back on it. <laughs> Woo! I feel marvelous. You know, a lot of times, you know, I will work from 6 to 11.30 p.m., 6 a.m. to 11.30 p.m., and I'm tired, I'm tired, but I'm still able to get up that next morning and repeat. I take some time, you know, maybe a day off in between, but God is good. He's given me the energy and the stamina to keep this up. You know, Saturday nights I'm back at it. Sunday's back at it. Monday, Wednesday. But we were working out, we were doing five days a week with our workout. Um, we, were, we started in, first thing in the morning, we were getting up at 4.15 a.m., headed to the gym for uh, about an hour and a half. And then after a while, we started doing the evenings, and it's just been a blessing. They have um, lounge uh, massage chairs, so we made Wednesday nights our massage after we would work out, and that kind of rejuvenated you a little bit. So if anybody cares to join us, come on over. Thank you. Isn't God good? <laughs> God is so good, and each of us can enjoy those benefits of good health if we just follow his word, right? Praise the Lord. At this time, are there any unspoken prayer requests or any spoken ones anyone would like to share? Okay. 
Okay, Brother DeWine. Jenkins family. Okay, Rod and Krista. Okay. Amen, amen. Okay. Amen, amen. Okay, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Once again, Father, we bow humbly before you, asking your blessings upon each and every one of us, Lord. We don't know what tomorrow is holding, but we know that you hold tomorrow, and we know that you are in charge of everything that goes on on this planet, and that you allow things to come our way that we might think aren't good, but your whole purpose is to see us saved in your blessed kingdom. We ask and pray that you'll give us courage, dear Lord, to continue on as times are getting tougher. It seems as though the Angels are loosening their hold on the four winds of strife, and we ask and pray that your Holy Spirit will give us strength to stand firm, to continue to trust in your Holy Word, to continue to know that you are God and there is none else. We ask that you will bless each of us, Lord, those who raise their hands for unspoken requests as well as those spoken. We ask that you will touch their hearts, dear Lord, give healing where healing is needed. Give strength where strength is needed. Give faith where faith is needed. Give endurance where endurance is needed, dear Lord. We ask and pray for our revival. We ask that our souls will be revived in thee, dear Lord. Hearing your word preached every night, we ask and pray that you will touch our hearts, dear Father, that there will be something said or done that will draw us closer to thee. We ask and pray that those online will also be blessed through tuning in and that they too will come to a closer knowledge of you a closer relationship with you lord we ask and pray that you will bless each person here we ask that you will be with our pastor as he continues to do thy will lord give him a clear mind give him a word from on high bless him dear lord to be a blessing to each person this evening in the blessed name of jesus we thank you let everyone say amen amen at this time we'll be favored with the beautiful rendition from our choir
Te voy a Amen. Holy one. You said bring it right back. Get on in there and take a seat. Stay a while. <laughs> God is good. And all the time. Amen. Y'all look good out there. Amen. I was, Sister Beth thought I was playing, but um, I sat next to her and I said, um, let's switch. <laughs> she said, no way. <laughs> I said, let's switch. Let's, let's just go in and switch. But God is truly good, and it's a blessing to see you out here tonight. Listen, God is so amazing. <clears throat> I cannot even begin to just talk, you know, just go into just how great God is. Um, but I just want to encourage you to continue on coming on out here each night. Um, don't let the enemy get in the way. He's going to try. That's what he do, Amen. But I'm telling you, you know, God is so good and he is so amazing um, for allowing us to continue with this, this series, um, Word of Knowledge Bible College. How many has been here every night? Okay, quite a few hands. How many been here every night but one? You missed maybe one night. Okay, you missed one night. How about two nights? Somebody, okay, how many did, I know we have some first time visitors here, right? Can I just see those hands one more time? This is your first time here. Amen. Well, listen, I want to encourage you to come out. Amen. See this thing to the end because God is doing some great things. He's doing some amazing things. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it today. Um, I, 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 I laid down for a minute, and, um, and it got good to me. <laughs> we real here, right? Or is it just me? I might need some of that. What, what, what's Sister Lynette at? What, what's she at? I might need some of that she got because she was doing jumping jacks and she almost did a cartwheel. She spent around over there and then came right on back. Amen. But God is truly good and we thank God for our time here tonight. Listen, I don't want to be before you long, um, but we do want to continue with our, our, you can't hear? It's hissing. Okay, I think we'll work on that hissing sound and kind of get that get resolved. But remember, I said you know last last this this past Wednesday message was so powerful, it was really lengthy, and I said we want to just bring that back um, and just do like a part two. Um, but this right here is actually going right into um, what we're dealing with with the Sabbath. Um, I'm looking around. I don't know if anyone here is experiencing the Sabbath for the very first time, but this is the time that God has set aside Friday evening, sunset, amen, the time where we come and gather and we worship and we give God praise. And if we weren't here, amen, we would be in our prospective homes, amen, worshiping and praising God, um, just enjoying our time with the Lord, amen. And so tonight I want us to just take a look at our topic. Before we even have a word of prayer, we'll look at um, the greatest religious cover-up in history. The greatest religious cover-up in history. Let us pray. Father, again, we're so thankful, so privileged and honored to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath um, day. We know that you are truly an amazing God to think enough of us to set a day aside where we can reflect on your greatness. Now as we spend this time together, um, we ask that you will lead us in the way that we should go. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen and amen again. Amen. Let us get right into our time tonight. Um, the greatest religious cover-up in history. Amen. Amen. Let's do a little something a little different here. Amen. We're going to do something a little different here. Amen. There we go, right there. The greatest cover-up in history. You know what that is, right? That was this um, story of a young man. Um, he was out um, for a walk. And he was out walking through this beautiful garden. He um, noticed in the distance something kind of strange. Um, he noticed uh, a guard standing um, in, in attention. And so he'd go up to the guard and and he asked this guard, he said, why are, you, why are you standing here? And the guard reply was, he, he, he didn't know. He was just told from his superior that he is to go there and, and stand guard. And so, of course, the young man, it didn't rest well with him, so he, continuing his journey, he went to the courts, he went to um, different leaders, different um, places to try to figure out why is this guard standing here um, and nobody knew nobody knew no one could could give a, a good exa a, a good reason why this young man was standing there and so of course this young man he was so persistent um, wouldn't give up um, he couldn't stop there he said I have to find out why this man is standing here and so um, he found out in some records. They went back generation after generation in the court records, and they actually found something to kind of explain why this young man was, was standing there. And it was discovered in the ancient records that more than, than 100 years before uh, Catherine the Great. I know Catherine the Great. Amen. No one? Okay. So that's, she live on off of 32nd and really quick. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Y'all should have known something was, you knew something was about, it, 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 it would jump out sooner or later, it was going to show up. All right, help me, Lord. See, and, and, and so this, uh, Catherine the Great, she gave this rose. Um, you know, she was, she was, she was given um, this rose, a nice rose on her birthday. It was presented to her, fragile, um, and, and needed to be protected. And so they assigned some, a guard to stand and watch this rose. And eventually, of course, you know, the rose did die. The rose died and withered away, but year after year after year, they would continue to place a guard at the gate. Could it be, family of God, that we as Christian believers are guarding our ancient traditions? Could, could it be that, that, that we are guarding tradition, guarding our human traditions and not God's tradition. 
doing things without knowing why. Why, why do we show up here uh, uh, every Saturday? Why do we worship the way that we do? Could it be that we're doing things and don't know why we're doing it? And we're simply following after man's tradition. Jesus discussed this fact to the religious leaders. Uh, uh, Jesus spoke to them and he shared to them in the in the religious places, he said that you are going about your traditions and you have placed your traditions above God's traditions. Mark chapter 9, I mean chapter 7 verse 9 reminds us, says that he said to them, all too well that you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your traditions. Anybody have any tradition in here today? The Jews place religious tradition above God's word. And the truth of the matter is, in last days, earth history, we're getting a little popping up here. I don't know. Should I switch to this? I look for How about this? Could it be that we have been locked in on just doing our own traditions? And in the last days, family of God, in earth's history, Satan wants mankind to be about their tradition versus God's tradition. He wants us to accept this thing called a counterfeit to follow after man's traditions and not God's tradition. And it's easy to follow God, I mean, man's tradition when you don't know God's traditions even exist. And so God's priority is very clear and it is very plain found in 2 Timothy verse 2 and 5. And it simply says, study to show Thyselves approve. First priority is to study and to show ourselves approved. One Bible that speaks to us all. We have to open our Bibles for ourselves and not rely on others to tell us, thus saith the Lord. Because that way, we won't be deceived. Because the reality is, we grow up, and as children, for those that were raised in the church, you grew up and you attended church school, you've done all of these things, and you've done it because mama told you to. But then we get older, and we find ourselves doing the same thing because this is what we're accustomed to. Oh, if I don't show up today, then the saints of God may think I have went wayward. Oh, 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 I must show up today because I don't want them getting my spot. 
choir folk. I'm sorry. I'm, let me look over here. I, 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 I must show up today because I don't want them taking the keys from me. We are doing it out of tradition. We begin our journey to distinguish between the truth and tradition. We can go straight to the Garden of Eden where God established some things there. Adam and Eve were in the garden. They were created to experience their greatest joy, which is to worship God. That's why we're here. We're not here for each other. We're not here to see who's occupying what space, but we're simply here to worship and magnify and praise the name of the Lord. Genesis puts it this way. Uh, Genesis 2, 2 says that after God created the world and on the seventh day, the Bible says, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he he had done. Then the Bible says God did what everybody, he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So after God created the world in six days, and we said it so well in our test today, he blessed it, he rested, he blessed it, and then he sanctified the Sabbath day. The seventh day is a sign of loyalty to our God in worship. God, somebody may say, well, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and he wrote the law with his own finger. But we must understand that the commands was given way before Sinai. One commandment says, remember the seventh day to keep it holy. The sixth day shall thy labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. God said, remember not just half of the world, but to all the world. Remember, because he understood that one day we will forget. One commandment that has to do with worship. Is it possible, could it be, that maybe Satan has attacked God's Sabbath? Could it be, could it be, could it be that he slipped in some type of counterfeit of worship into the Christian church? Could it be that he is trying to hide the true Sabbath from God's people? The reality is, family of God, God know exactly what we need. Ezekiel 20, 12 says, Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord which sanctifies them. God said this day right here is simply a sign between my people and me. You know, when I, my wife and I, when we had our first child together the baby looked just like the daddy 
I'm the pappy. There is no way around distinguishing the difference between her, the true daddy, and some other daddy. Look like me. The Sabbath is a day that ought to show a reflection of who your God is. I ought to be able to know, see, in the... the in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, this is how the world knew that they worshiped the real God because of the Sabbath. So here we go. God said that the Sabbath was given to the Jews, but the Sabbath, God gave it to Adam and Eve way before he gave it to the Jews, long before the existence of any Jew. The Sabbath was given to the entire human race. Luke puts it like this. Luke 4, 16 says, Jesus, as was his custom, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, the devil's mad. We're talking about some real stuff, and I'm taking my time. Because we need to understand and know the realness of what we're doing here. And understand that this thing called Christianity is not just about, is not just about a denomination. But it's about God. Because as we've been talking about in this meeting, that God's character is what's on trial. And too often, we make it about us. Well, I've always done it that way. Amen. Amen. A little bit more on this mic. Amen. Just a little bit more on this mic. You know, the word of God is going to go forth. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't run from Beelzebub. Amen. We, we, we believe that God is in control. Because at the end of the day, this is about God. And oh, too many times do we make it about us, how we feel, what we think about it. Uh, somebody made me mad. I remember my daddy told me a long time ago, boy, can't nobody make you He made me mad. He didn't make you anything. You allowed him to get you upset. 
And many times we allow what others think and what other people say to weigh in on what we know we need to do when it, as it relates to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Mark 22, verse 27 said, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. God thought enough of us to set a day aside to reflect on his goodness. And I don't know about you, but I get excited when I think about God and what he went through for somebody like me. You know, I, I love now <laughs> preaching. And I still feel like, Lord, is there anybody else in the room that I could pass this mic to? But yet, I'm still here. So apparently, God must see something. And so I do this because of him. I do this because of his love for me. That's why we should all be able to sing, worship, and praise his name with or without the audience. I don't need, I'm glad you're here, please don't leave. But if it was just me and the walls, we're going to have a good time. Because God created this day for me. So why would I allow the enemy to trick me or manipulate me or deceive me out of that which rightfully belongs to me. So here we go. Acts. Acts reminds us. It says that as they went out, Acts 13, 42, 44, the people begged that these things might be told to them the next Sabbath. We're talking about the apostles. It says that they even preached in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Could you please come back next Sabbath? And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts of Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace, in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. This was their custom. Now, I have to put a pause right there because I want to make sure that I understand that I'm being streamed. We're streaming online. We have, audience, have an audience here. And I have to be honest with you that when the Sabbath message was first presented to me, I rejected it. Like probably most of us. But then some of us, this is all we know. But I didn't come from that. I wasn't cut from that cloth. 
My cloth came by way of holes and wrinkles. In other words, it wasn't pretty. But once I came into the knowledge of God's true day, I yielded my heart, mind, and soul to him. Because the reality is, only what the Bible reveals to us is what will last. The Bible speaks nothing but God's revelation to us. You see, prophecy reveals Satan would attempt to change God's law. Come with me to this ancient prophecy in the book of Daniel to tell of the change of the Sabbath more than choosing between two days, choosing between two masters. So it's part of the controversy between good and evil. So it's not just about a day. That's why we can worship him on any day. I can worship him on Monday. I can worship him on Tuesday. But this thing is not about a day. And we allow the enemy to cloud our judgment and to get in the way of, the, of, of, of what is real. And what is real is that we're talking about masters. We're talking about worship. We talked about how Satan, this wonderful, or should I say Lucifer, this wonderful angel who once lived in heaven and stood right next to God and, 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 and was right there with God, but yet the Bible says iniquity was found in him, and for whatever reason, he wanted to be God. He felt like God's judgment or judgment was not accurate. That God's truth and, the, and God's way was just so much. It was just too much, God. Uh, you're asking too much of me to give up a day. God, it just doesn't make sense that you will call me to live a certain way and to be about a certain way and to do a certain thing. No, God's way is just too impossible for me to keep. So come follow me, and I'll, I'll, I'll show you. you can live as free as you want to be. You can do what you want to do. Come follow me. The Bible said a third of the angels followed Lucifer, hence now Satan. So this thing right here is not just about a day, but it's about worship. It's part of the controversy. Attempt to substitute the counterfeit Sabbath or the real Sabbath with the counterfeit Sabbath. It speaks of your allegiance. Who do you pledge your allegiance to? Daniel's predicted that this would occur. Daniel had a vision in Daniel 7 verse 2. He said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were, 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 were striving up the great sea. And four beasts came up from the sea, each different from each other. 
Daniel says that I saw a windy seascape. Four different beasts came up understanding the prophecies, not just a guesswork, but God has given, and he even explains this prophecy to Daniel. You remember Daniel chapter 2 for those Bible scholars the image of those four materials, the head of gold, the breastplate of, uh, and, and, and the arms of silver, the thighs of brass. You remember that, 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 that image there, uh, legs of iron and the feet was mixed with iron and clay. Well, Daniel 7 is not about the four material, but about four beasts. Daniel saw them rising up out of the sea. And what does that mean? We could look at the Bible to answer that because Revelation 17, uh, 15, C represents people. The waters which you see or that you saw, Daniel, are people, multitude, nations, and tongues. In the English, we say the, a sea of humanity. So what does the wind represent? Well, Jeremiah talks about that. Jeremiah reminds us that the four beasts, uh, 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 like wings, uh, represent kingdoms. The lion was Babylon. And today, the, the, which links to all of these nations, the United Kingdom, the lion, Russia, the bear, and the U.S., the eagle. yes. The United States is in Bible prophecy. But the real deal is, is that God understood all that this, all of this would take place before it even took place. So how did this occur? Only one divine law, only one, one commandment that deals with time, which is the Sabbath. And the Bible says that they would think to change time and law. And there's only one commandment that speaks to that. And that, my dear friends, is the fourth commandment. We want to just chisel it out of the record books. Chisel it away. We don't worship and honor the Sabbath like we used to. We're still doing the Babe Ruth on the Sabbath, sliding in the home plate. <laughs> and God has said, I'm giving you 24 hours, just 24. Now, all of us have the same amount of hours. I don't have more hours than you, and, and you don't have more hours than me. But what are we doing with those hours? Paul warns us of this. He warns us of the departure from the true Sabbath to this substitute, this counterfeit in Acts chapter 20. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his blood. History says, and I'm quoting, 
and the interval between the days of the apostle and the conversion of Constantine, uh, rites and ceremonies of which neither Paul nor Peter ever heard except silently and into use, and then they claim the rank of divine institution. So what are we saying here? We're saying that God had established the Sabbath, but man seeks to change the Sabbath. Man seeks to do away with the Sabbath. And out of the ruins of the Roman Empire, there gradually arose a new order of states whose central point was the papal see. So therefore, inevitably resulted a position not only new, but very different from the former, the church and churches. So history lets us know. History reminds us of these things. History shares with us. History simply reminds us that this is not something that we ought to play with. Let me go back. Then shall speak pompous words against the Most High. This here little, this little horn power shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and laws. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I understand now. Then the saints shall be given into the hand for a time and time and half a time. So think they will think to change times and laws. Only one divine law. One divine law that deals with the Sabbath. So how did this occur? How did this happen? Paul warned, warned us of that. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, Savage wolves will come in among you, not spring, not sparing the flock. Also, for from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. So the Bible lets us know that this thing right here, that you will have. You will have persecution. That you will have moments where you will be misunderstood. That you will find yourselves uh, 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 being persecuted. Satan saw that he could not destroy the church by persecution. And Paul warned us about these false teachers with the Christian, that, that are in the Christian church. He said, men will arise among you speaking perverse things, crooked, counterfeit, falsehood, 
lying straight through their teeth. Daniel 8, 12, the truth of God will be cast to the ground. We can go all the way back in history and see how man made traditions and set aside the Bible truth. That's what they've done. Cast it to the side. And the interval between the days of the apostle and the conversion of Constantine, rites and ceremonies of which neither Paul nor Peter ever heard. They crept silently. It wasn't a loud noise. They didn't come in here uh, with, a, with a big bang. It crept into the church. Silently. And then we woke up one morning and they, de- they declaimed it to be the divine institution. That this is the way it's supposed to be. Say nothing silently. It silently crept into the church and not many realized what was going on. Tradition crept in. And we started doing it. We started acting it. We started moving in it. And boy, it got good to us. And then when the reality, when the lights came on, and it was pointed out that what you are doing is merely tradition, oh, now we get indignant. Now we're ready to fight. Because we've always done it that way. And you've been doing it wrong all that time. So how many, how many legs do a spider have? (laughs) In 35, 350 B.C., Aristotle said a spider has six legs. And for 20 centuries, people believed it. And nobody bothered to count. Huh? And 20 centuries later, the biologist Landmark counted the spider's leg and noticed that the spider has eight legs and not six. For centuries. And I can just imagine, I wasn't there. I hadn't been around that long, only a little over 50 some years. But I can just imagine because I deal with people on the regular. And when you go attacking or trying to go speak against something that they believe and that they, oh, oh, yeah, it's a problem now. Uh-uh, no, no, just, that's just too much paprika. <laughs> you don't fix it that way. This is how you're supposed. Everybody got a recipe on how to fix pot pies and chicken. I'm making up something, trying to. Banana pudding, that's one of my favorites. And we all could make a good banana pudding, but we all probably going to do a little something different. But in our culture, this is how you do the banana pudding. Now, I got to be honest with you up in here, up in here. (laughs) That woman right there. Make the best banana pudding (laughs) on this side of the sun. Come on, somebody. (laughs) 
I'm in trouble. <laughs> For centuries they believed that. The Sabbath being changed, simply counting, is a matter of our loyalty to God. It's what it boils down to. It's not about trying to make somebody feel uncomfortable or make somebody feel like that they're going to burn in hell because they don't go to church on Saturday. Because we've done that before. Make folk feel like they just going to go. I had a young lady tell me that. That's what took me so long to come over here and hang out with you folk. My sister told me that if, if I, you know, if I die right now, I was going straight to the lake. And I'm like, uh-uh. I know better than that. Because even in my, you know, and I know, I know, you know, preachers don't like to talk too much about their past. But I don't glorify the past. I'm telling you what God did for me. I glorify the God that can deliver you from your past. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't glorify in that life. But I cannot talk about how good my God is without talking about that life. And when that sister told me that I was going to burn because I didn't go to church. Wait a minute, sister, because what you fail to realize is that I'm standing here right now because of my prayers to God. Do you not know that throughout the night, even though I was living in sin, I called his name and he heard me. Many a times I found myself in a club somewhere and knowing there were enemies in there that would love to just shank me or take me out the game. But God. And I'm standing here in this church today and had had not one of my issues of my past show up in my present to remind me. No, no. God is good. So I don't attack folk about a day. I'm talking about a God that we worship. I'm talking about a God that sets something up for his people. To let everybody, to let the world know who you belong to. That's what it boils down to. So who do you really belong to? Because if you understand that man shifted and man changed it and man did something different to it, amen, then you ought to understand that, wait a minute, this isn't God's. Because the reality is you can't change what God established. That's why they didn't add a, add a day. They just switched the day of worship from a day that God had already had established. They went from seven to one. Why didn't they just do an eight? Okay, I'll let y'all work on that one. I'm going to move on. Let me finish up here. My time is running. Daniel predicted the change in the church. He spoke about that. The converse catechism, the question was asked, what is the Sabbath day? Which is the Sabbath day? And the answer Saturday is the Sabbath day. So why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? The answer, because the Catholic Church transferred solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. Now, I don't know, you've got to be on a whole other another level 
to go changing a day of worship. What is really going on? To change a, what's wrong with the day already? Why do we even feel the need to want to change it? You see, that's the problem right there. To even have what would make you lay up in your bed at night and think about a day where, you know what, this day that God's established, this day right here is just, mm -mm, it's just not a good day. Let's move it to another day. And so, the church, after changing the day of rest from the Jewish Sabbath or the seventh day of the week, to the first day, to the first, made the third. So the commandments refer to Sunday as the day of to be kept holy as the Lord's day. So why does the church call this third and not the fourth commandment? Because, see, the, the idol worship dropped out. The catechism Sabbath command was now shifted to the third and not the fourth. They switched it around. But Jesus says this in Malachi, for I am the Lord, I do not change. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus Christ said, I didn't shift anything. Hebrew, Hebrew reminds us of that. Read this in your hearing. Jesus Christ, Adam and Eve, they kept the Sabbath. The Sabbath was part of the Ten Commandments. The Sabbath is a sign between God and his people. Jesus kept the Sabbath. The disciples kept the Sabbath. And Daniel revealed that man will try to change God's Sabbath. So we understand that the, that the whole world is, on, is being watched. The whole world is being watched. God understands that this thing is real. He understands that this thing is real. The Jews were being persecuted by the Romans. Some Christian leaders wanted to distinguish themselves from Jews. And so the Jews and Christians were keeping the Bible Sabbath, changing the day of worship one way, distinguishing from the Jews. Christians began keeping the first day. And centuries later, after Christ had even died, they just began to just shift it around because they wanted to make sure that you didn't know who I was and so that you don't know who I am and I don't know who you are. And we just all mix it up and we all just do what we do. And the Bible said that's not what the way God set it up. You just love and just be good and kind and treat your brothers right, then you good. Which I'm not disputing that. You should treat your brothers right. But there is a day that God had established that has been changed. Constantine passed the first Sunday law to unite his empire. The Roman Empire falling apart. It was 
Constantine said, you know, we need to do something. We need to bring the people together. And so he passed the law to unite the Christians and the pagan sun worshipers. He said, let's pull them all together so that we can try to rebuild our kingdom. And that's what he did. Let's just bring us together so there will be no, re- no work on Saturday. I mean, no, no work on, on Sunday. Let's everybody come together on this day and let's just rest on this day. Close down the shops, shut the doors, lock, and everybody rests. So this was a political move. And so the church leaders accepted this compromise. And the church council of Laodicea said about the Lord's Day, Christians shall not Judaize or keep the Sabbath and be idle on Saturday, original Sabbath, but shall work on that day. But the Lord's Day they shall especially honor. So you know that the Lord's Day is, you, 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 know, you know what that is, right? Yeah. You know that it was, it was not the first day of the week. But the church council, because they wanted to please man, they wanted to unite man, said, let's just shift it. And all they had to do was just worship on the Sabbath. God already has something in place for that. The Bible says the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. And gradually, over the centuries, Sunday was accepted in the place of the Bible Sabbath. Satan is a great deceiver, family of God. As I mentioned earlier, one-third of the angels in heaven, he deceived Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He's deceived men and women throughout the centuries. Nothing's wrong. Adam and Eve, they were holy and righteous. These were, they were perfect people. There were no flaws in them. And Satan deceived them. Deceived even our church leaders. But Jesus said, and I'm, and I'm finishing up. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. But what about Satan? Satan, he is a liar. And the father of lies. So why do... Ye also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition. The choice is plain. Teachings of traditions are teachings of the Bible. The Bible are tradition. God's law are human rules. Jesus' teaching are human thoughts. Divine command are human substitute. Truth are error. Genuine are counterfeit. God's way are man's way. More than one day or an- another day. It's more than that. Mat- the, it's a matter of loyalty. It's a matter of worship. It's a matter of truth versus the counterfeit. This was introduced by Satan who hates God's law. Jesus said in John 14, 15, said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Do you love him this evening? Do you love him this evening? You see, we're living on the verge of the kingdom of God. Just before Jesus returns to this earth. 
And you can even sense it that Jesus is drawing you near to him. You can find him in worshiping on the Sabbath. You can find refuge in Christ. Dear Father, we thank you for your Sabbath. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for laying your life down that we may have life. Thank you for being a friend that stick it closer than any brother. And in spite of all the changes and all the counterfeits, Lord, you still have a true church. And so, Lord, we're just asking you to help us to remain faithful. Help us to remain connected and committed. Help us to see you, God, and not our traditions. If it's not pleasing to you, Jesus, if it's not your command, Jesus, help us to put it aside. It is a sign between me and you. So we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together and worship God in this place? We want to welcome everyone back here on tomorrow as we'll be here on the Sabbath continuing worshiping God as we are also preparing for a baptism on next Sabbath. We have individuals that are already they are already ready and they're excited about getting in the pool and so we want to honor God and we want to just you know worship him on that day so we want you to invite a family invite your family down we will have a meal tomorrow as well and so we want to encourage you to come on out and fellowship with us amen have you had some good meal have you been tasting that good cooking all week amen i thank the cook every day i see your thumbs i see your thumbs i've been thinking of every time i wake up and look at her i say thank you thank you and we thank you so much, Sister Fields. God bless you, my love. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. At this time, as we stand, as we ready to close out, we want to, if you have a love offering you want to leave with us, we have our deacons on the door in the back. We can, you can, we ask you to leave your, 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 your gift there. Or if you exit this way, you can leave your gift there. Let, let us pray again. Father, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Continue to lead us and guide us, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you and have a happy Sabbath.